Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast. We are super excited for this month's series. We are going to be bringing you a four-part episode series on food allergies. So we know this is a very, very tough area to navigate for parents, and it can bring up a lot of fear and a lot of confusion and the list of top allergens keeps growing. And we want the food allergy community to have more awareness and to really understand what's happening with their child when dealing with food allergies. We know that there are different, um, different advice is offered everywhere from your pediatrician to your naturopath to nutritionist. And sometimes the advice given can be contradictory. So we are here to help you lessen the confusion and give you some more insights on this area. Mm -hmm. This is such a great topic. And I know I personally know a few people who uh, have kids that have food allergies to a great extent, right? Like I'm talking allergic to all, not just the, the top food allergens, but beyond that. Right. And I always, um, am a, in so much awe and admiration on how they're able to navigate through that, you know, with even things like birthday parties or um, when it comes to trick-or-treating and Halloween and their kids are never feeling like they're missing out. And through this series, we have a lot of, well, two really great guests that we're going to be bringing on. And in addition to that, we also have our very own Dimple Aurora, who is going to today share with us her expertise around food allergies. And Dimple is a nutritionist as well. So she has a lot of knowledge in this area. So I am really excited to learn a lot from you, Dimple. And I'm sure that everyone listening is also really excited to hear a lot. Now you talked a little bit about the um, top food allergens. What are the top food allergens you would say? The list keeps growing. (laughs) Uh, I want you to remember any food can be an allergen, actually, but there are a list of top allergens. But before we start, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here Mm -hmm. uh, before we uh, go into this information. So we are not doctors and uh, we do not diagnose or treat or cure or prescribe any medication for conditions. So whatever you hear on this podcast today, it is not a substitute for medical treatment or naturopathic treatment or chiropractic treatment or psychological treatment 
or psychiatric care, we hope that you will still continue to consult uh, your professional medical care and your pediatricians for more further advice. So the top allergens that are responsible for actually 90% of all food allergies are cow's milk, eggs, peanuts, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, wheat, and soy. So now recently they've added sesame seeds Mm. and sulfites is also on that list. And people get a little confused when with tree nuts, they're not sure what tree nuts are, but tree nuts are almonds, Brazil nuts, cashews, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, pecans, pine nuts, pistachios, and walnuts. So is that, so let's say someone's allergic to Brazil nuts, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, but not Mm -hmm. the rest. Do they Mm -hmm. still have a tree nut allergy? They have a tree nut allergy, but it's specifically towards those nuts. So for example, I can have most of the nuts on this list, but sometimes I react to macadamia nuts or hazelnuts, which is interesting, right? That's exactly the same. That's why I asked that question because I live off of almonds and like pecans and walnuts. But for some reason, if I, you know, when you get those nut packs or whatever, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. have like Brazil nuts in there and macadamia nuts sometimes. And if I accidentally eat that, I'll have an allergic reaction. Yeah, it it happens. It's, and you know what, you may be sensitive to those nuts and reacting to the actual, maybe the pesticide that it's sprayed with or some other compound that's some additive that's been added to it. Right. But you could also just be sensitive to some of them and not all of them. Yeah. And, um, sulfites, what are sulfites? So sulfites are naturally found in some foods, a lot of times like dry fruit, um, but they're mostly used as an additive. So to maintain uh, food color or the shelf life. So it, like it acts like a preservative to prolong the shelf life of, a, of, a, of the dry fruit, for example, and to prevent the growth of like fungus or bacteria. So mm. It's interesting because their use on fresh fruits and vegetables, it's actually banned in the States. Oh, because yeah, on fresh fruits and vegetables, because it can cause a lot of unpleasant symptoms for people. So even somebody who has asthma, um, it can, their symptoms can be exacerbated with sulfites or it can irritate the lungs. Right. So it's, it's not really the most pleasant food additive. (laughs) I, I feel like, um, like when you mentioned that it's one of the top food allergens, mm-hmm. I immediately like didn't know, like that's something I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so bringing that to awareness and attention is so golden. I feel like like we should know that, right? Like you might yeah. eat an apple, for example, and have some sort of discomfort and think it's because of the apple, but it's not really the apple. It's the sulfites on it, right? Exactly. And you know, what's so interesting, there are so many other uh, natural chemicals found in some fruits and vegetables that can actually 
irritate the body and that we could be sensitive to. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what the difference is between an actual allergy and a sensitivity or an intolerance. But some of those other compounds, it's so interesting because people could be having intolerance towards them. So things like oxalates, for example, like somebody who eats a lot of spinach, they may not realize that they're having a problem with oxalates Mm. or something like nightshade vegetables. So they're high in, they're high in salicylates. So salicylates are a natural ingredient that's found in some fruits and vegetables, even some spices. And actually they are the major ingredient found in some pain relieving medications like aspirin. So somebody who eats a lot of coconut or avocado or tomato, and they have skin issues such as rashes, like eczema or rogea, they may be irritated by salicylates and not even know it. Wow. See that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty um, amazing. The amounts, amount of stuff inside food that we wouldn't even know that we can react to, right? Exactly. And you mentioned a little bit about um, the allergic reaction and sensitivity. And with an allergic reaction, can you just kind of describe what happens? Right. I mean, it's not rare. You see a lot of kids, like you said, with food allergies, but it's to have an actual life threatening allergy is is not as common. Mm. So what happens when somebody is having an actual allergic reaction to something, their body is making a protein called IgE. And that will grab onto the allergen, what the body does, it releases a bunch of chemicals into the bloodstream. So like histamine, and that histamine, then tries to get that allergen out of your body or off of your skin or whatever it is. So that's when you see those symptoms like sneezing or the watery eyes or the itchy skin or your ears start itching or your throat start itching. That's the histamine response. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a really good thing to have that response because it's part of your body's defense system. But when you have a life-threatening allergy, what happens is a person goes into anaphylaxis. So with anaphylaxis, the person's throat starts closing up. They might start to have wheezing or shortness of breath, um, highs, hives or itching all over and an extreme swelling. So their airways start swelling and closing up their face, starts swelling their eyelids swell shut. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a severe allergic reaction. Okay. And then in that case, what happens is the golden standard treatment for that is epinephrine, which is why these kids carry EpiPens. Yeah. Right. So the epinephrine actually helps to increase the blood flow through the veins and it constricts the blood vessels. So it helps to relax the muscles that are blocking the airways Mm -hmm. and allows the breathing to come back to normal. So for me, I am anaphylactic to peanuts, but what's interesting is when I was younger, I had many peanut allergy attacks 
And they were very severe. My throat would close up. But just last year, I had uh, an attack and I ate the peanuts and nothing really happened to me. I, I just was feeling itchy and uncomfortable for about two hours, but I didn't go into anaphylaxis. Uh, and then a, about 10 years ago, I, when I had an attack, it was a very delayed reaction that took about two hours for the onset to come. Wow. So, so I think what happens is some people can actually outgrow their peanut mm-hmm. allergy. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, is it, I've heard that like sometimes when uh, kids are really young, they might be allergic to a lot of things. And as they grow, they tend to outgrow them. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think with, with my peanut allergy, because I've done a lot of work on my body, working with my spleen and the meridian system and a lot of the tapping and reduced all the inflammation in my body to the point where I have no health issues or symptoms. I think that helps, right? Because my body is not overreactive at this point. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of building immunity, Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do that? I know like for babies, for example, uh, when they start eating solids, they say to give a little bit of peanut butter to first see if there's a reaction and also to introduce it. Um, there's also these like little peanut crackers mm-hmm. when there is a reaction. And then the doctors say to give these little peanut crackers because it helps build that um that immunity against a peanut allergy, but is there a specific time frame that you know of that helps to really build that? Yeah, you know the research is always changing on this, and so some places, some countries will say to introduce solids at the four month mark. Some countries will say introduce it at the six month mark. Mm. But what is becoming consistent in the research now? is an introduction to the allergen early on and often. So there is a period between the six and nine month mark, which is like the window to build the immunity of the child uh, when it comes to salt, when it comes to solid food and different food triggers. But for example, in my case, I didn't give up. Adia peanuts, right? I didn't give her peanut when she was little, I think for years, but then one day my dad just gave it to her and she had it and she was fine. But did you do that with, with Malaya? Yeah, I did. Um, but, uh, there's, hasn't been a history of nut allergies in our family. Mm-hmm. And for Mayel, she didn't react when she was a baby. So I was really comfortable giving it to her. And on top of that, I eat a lot of nut butter and peanut, like um, nuts, right? So mm-hmm. it's, I had it when I was pregnant. I had it um, while nursing. And like, I found that, um, so if I would eat it, like if, even if the oil or whatever was on my hands, mm-hmm. I could tell that she wasn't reacting to it. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was comfortable enough for her. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, because you say you don't have uh, nut allergies in your family. So if a family, if there is a family history of food allergies, or eczema or autoimmune conditions, 
research shows that your child could be more susceptible to food allergies. Yeah, no, that's great to know because sometimes you think that when there's a history of a specific food allergy, then that's what you should be looking out for, right? But when you look at someone like a child who has eczema or asthma, you don't necessarily relate it to a food allergy, right? And you mentioned also a little bit about food sensitivities. So how would I know that my child has a food sensitivity? Oh, this is such a tough one. So with an allergy, it's pretty obvious the kid is reacting, right? There's usually about a, uh, an immediate reaction up to a, about a 10 hour window where you can see if your child is reacting to certain foods. So when foods are being introduced to a child, it's important not to introduce a top food allergen on the same day. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we always suggest to parents introduce one food every three to four days to see if your child is reacting or not. Right. And you know what else is really common? This is kind of a side uh, comment here. When sometimes a child has a milk allergy or cow's milk allergy, and the mom is drinking milk while breastfeeding. Yes. This I know of for sure. I actually know a few uh, parents who um, had to cut out dairy while breastfeeding because Mm -hmm. their babies were reacting to the milk they were drinking because it came into the breast milk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because that casein protein is, is irritating the gut of that child and, and it's giving them so many different symptoms. So let me talk about the difference between food allergies and food sensitivities. And then we can talk about how it actually manifests in the body because both are very different. So the food allergy is more obvious, right? It's a, it's a a physical reaction. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that you can see, so in itchy or hives or a rash, right. Or the, the, um, the wheezing. So something more obvious, Yeah, but, um, the food intolerance, it can cause some of the same signs, right? So that's why people get it confused, but the, the true food allergy is actually an immune system reaction, right? And what happens then is it's again, that IgE response. Okay. But food intolerance symptoms are usually less serious and less obvious. So somebody might have digestive distress, right? But they might not know what that they're reacting to a food or having an intolerance to a food. And in kids, food intolerances can manifest in so many different ways that are not obvious. So for example, even in behavioral problems, even Mm -hmm. in their attention span, right? Even in their, if they could have sleep disturbances, for example, where they have trouble falling asleep or they have night terrors or something of that sort, right? Um, A lot of times we see kids with UTIs and cystitis or uh, irritability or, or your kids always stuffed up. Okay. They're always stuffed up, right? They're inflamed in there. Their, their body has inflammation, excess, 
mucus, excess inflammation. And also, you know what else, uh, when they're slow to speak, right. They don't, yeah, they need, uh, they usually are referred to speech therapy, but it's a food sensitivity or food uh, intolerance. And you know, what else is common bedwetting? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is like, I am like legitimately like shocked right now hearing this because you know, like, so like for, for many reasons, because when like you, your child is having like a reaction, right. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, like uh, some digestive issues, the, when you take them to the doctor, the first thing they do is give like medication, right. It's Mm -hmm. not really related to, at least there's no, not a lot of um, verbiage around it being related to food. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, like behaviorally, sometimes you just can't figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. with your child right like you seem to be doing all the right things and you don't attribute it to food bedwetting all of that and I think that is just something so important to become aware of mm-hmm. because it's not in society's awareness there may be a little bit in terms of kids who have ADHD and how food can affect their energy levels but not as a whole right and I think that that has to be more in brought into awareness that's so true and sometimes when you take your child to the doctor they may immediately be referred for an allergy test but a lot of the things that they're sensitive to may not show up on those allergy tests Mm -hmm. and sometimes People do blame the food for thinking their child is sensitive to certain foods, but really it could be anything like their deter, like your laundry detergent, for example, it could be their soap. It could be the, the cream that you're using on their skin. Like there's so many different allergens that the child can come in contact with. And it, it is fearful for parents, right? Especially if your child has been diagnosed with a food allergy. Or you know what's worse? When your child is reacting and going into anaphylaxis, but they don't know what it is. Oh, I I haven't experienced that, but I can just picture myself just freaking out, not knowing yeah. what to do. So what would what do parent what should parents do? That these- that is very scary. Uh, for example, if a child reacts at daycare and they're not sure, you know what the child came in contact with. Right. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, um, the, the cross contamination, right. Because sometimes foods do get contaminated. Like they're made in a, in a faculty where, or in a factory where that like you, you know, how you always read on packages that, uh, may contain traces of, right. So may contain. So like when a company makes a claim that something is free from, they're guaranteeing that the food is suitable for the person with the allergy or the intolerance, right? But for example, like if they have a kitchen that handles wheat flour, right? They cannot say wheat free or gluten free. They can't make that claim. They have to actually not have to guarantee that it has not been cross-contaminated with that allergen. Mm. 
right? So it's really scary for parents. Like what should parents do, right? Like they, first of all, yes, talk to your pediatrician and get uh, an allergy test to find out what your child is actually allergic to, right? And what they're reacting to. But a lot of times kids are reacting because they have damaged guts, for example, like they have uh, overactive immune system, because their body has been for years, tending to the stress of these food intolerances and sensitivities. So their body has basically been insulted, which makes their sometimes makes their immune system overreact to everything. Like I did go through a period in my life where I felt like I was allergic to everything. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat anything. Right. And sometimes it happens after a child has been on many courses of antibiotics. Right. Right. So their micro biome has been affected has been negatively affected. Right. Cause to be honest, I don't think people really understand your gut is your immune system. 90% of your immune system is in your gut. So if you have been on many, if your child has been on many courses of antibiotics, then there, and, and it has not been replenished with the proper probiotics through food or supplements, then that child's gut is, is going to be compromised. Mm -hmm. Right. And what happens is this is a common thing that happens. It's called leaky gut. So really the official medical term for that is intestinal permeability. So we have this, these very tight junctions. So our gut naturally allows these really small particles to pass through the walls through these junctions, these really tight junctions in the lining. So it helps you to absorb your nutrients, right? Your vitamins and your minerals. Okay. But what happens is sometimes a child's gut is being so constantly assaulted with say the casein protein or the gluten protein that they are sensitive to. And what happens is those tight junctions start to open and the gut lining becomes damaged. And then larger particles start to enter into the bloodstream. And then what happens is the immune system doesn't recognize these particles and sees it as a foreign invader in the body. And then the body starts reacting maybe through a skin rash or through uh, different digestive disturbances. Like this can happen to adults too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the body then gets tired of reacting. So it has this damaged gut lining and it gets tired of reacting. And then the child becomes again, more stuffed up or inflamed or gets eczema or, you know, different, different, uh, things can happen. Like, so for example, with adults, when the leaky gut happens in adults, it can cause so many things like IBS, even fatigue, right? Even, even things like, I mean, for me, I had a leaky gut. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. It can cause migraines. It can cause autoimmune disorders, uh, Hashimoto's thyroid disorders, depression and anxiety, 
right. Can, can be caused by a leaky gut. Cause when you think about it, if your gut is damaged and your immune system lays in the gut, then you're not producing, you're not absorbing the vitamins and minerals that you need. You're not absorbing your protein properly, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not making the serotonin and the neurotransmitters that are necessary to give you the happy mood and make you feel well. So it's all related to the gut. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of talk these days around the gut being the third brain, right? Mm. So like the heart brain, the brain, like in your head, exactly. And then your gut brain, right? And exactly. I find that is so true. What, what about in terms of ensuring you have a not leaky gut (laughs) like what do you what kinds of things do you do like do probiotics help with that prebiotics yes okay so when a child has been for example on certain medications or on antibiotics you definitely want to replenish with probiotics but you know what it's not just about that there usually what happens is when the the gut has been assaulted that way, you could have a development of different pathogens in the body. So different, uh, maybe parasites or extra yeast or mold, right? So it's, it's really, um, a lot can injure the gut, right? So even like toxicities and different, uh, pesticides and herbicides, like so many different things can injure the gut. So what you want to do is really work with a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor to actually eliminate the toxicities in the body to go on an anti-inflammatory diet to reduce the inflammation in the body. And what you want to make sure is that you are healing the gut from the inside out. So not just eliminating certain foods, but actually getting rid of the pathogens that may have developed within the body because Mm of, of the, of the gut being assaulted. Wow. That is, um, really good information. Um, there's so many, so much awareness that you brought to food allergies and food sensitivities that I know I wasn't aware of. Um, and I know that those of you who are listening are probably also quite enlightened by this this specific episode on food allergies and we're going to continue this conversation with a lot mm-hmm. of the guests that um, we have and we have some really great guests in the next couple episodes that we are so excited to have on and one is the food the allergy chef right? The allergy chef. And we also have another individual who's talking about food allergies while being vegan. So taking it even up a notch and how she navigates that. Can you imagine being vegan? My gosh. And having so many food allergies. No, I just want to end off with saying like, if your child, what to do if your child does have the food allergies, it's, it is not an easy thing to navigate. I know that it, parents can become very fearful and you end up living in fear about what your child is eating. So what you want to make sure to do is have an allergy plan with your pediatrician. So 
educate uh, your teachers on your child's food allergies, educate your child's caregivers on their food allergies, and make sure that everyone knows how to use the EpiPen if your child has one. Now, one mistake I see a lot is parents who delay using the EpiPen because they're not sure if their child is reacting or if they should give the EpiPen or not. But if your child is having a reaction because of a food allergy, definitely give them the EpiPen because sometimes the anaphylaxis can get worse if the, if there's a delay in using the pen and you also done right away, it should be immediately. I mean, I've, I've done that myself in my own life, um, delaying using the pen and then the allergy (laughs) attack just gets worse. Right. 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 So, and you also want to make sure that you're working with somebody like a nutritionist or a dietitian to make sure that you do have a proper, uh, eating plan in place. And what's really important is you don't want your child to live in fear around food. So helping them to build that healthy relationship with food, despite their food allergies, and don't let it be something that dictates their life. I mean, there's so much awareness now. And when kids go to birthday parties, so many places are not free to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that you're building a good relationship with food, despite the food allergy. So talking positively about it and not making them fearful that they have this food allergy, but just educating them and giving them the knowledge, even at a young age to use their words, to speak up Mm -hmm. and ask questions and let people know that they have an allergy. So is this okay for me to eat? right? I'm allergic to this and teaching them at a young age to speak up. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think also builds that uh, the empowered child, right? And the confident child and being able to vocalize their, their specific needs. Absolutely. And, and also, um, giving, empowering the parents with the education is really important, which is why we're doing this series right now, because it's not just the food. Like I said, any food can be an allergen, any chemical, any dye can be an allergen, uh, any, you know, it can, there's so many things that can happen. And like I said, infections can come into the body when the gut is not healthy. So it could be bacterial, it could be fungal, it could be parasitical, like it, there's so many things that can contribute to a food sensitivity or intolerance and making sure to distinguish it from the allergy. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Temple, for sharing this wisdom with us. I have definitely got some, I just have to say it food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just, uh, so good. It, it really makes me kind of think about everything. Like you said, not just the food, right. But like, mm. I'm just looking around right now. I'm like, okay, like maybe this could be causing certain things, right. Or could it be like, you know, the laundry detergent, like you said, or I don't know the soaps anyways, you really got me thinking that's for sure. And I'm you know- sure thinking as well when you're and you know what I'm so passionate about this because I was that kid right I was that kid that had all the allergies and all of the symptoms 
as a result of it and went through uh, mainstream medicine and I was on all the steroids and I was on the inhalers. And so I was the child that reaped the consequences of living that lifestyle. Right. So I like to educate parents on all the ways that we can heal, especially when it comes to the gut. And if your child does not have a food, an actual food allergy, and they are reacting to just some foods because of the state of their body and the inflammation and their gut, it's best to just educate parents on that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And we hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. And we will see you in our Facebook group and we will talk to you at our next episode. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the I am mom parenting journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.